Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Heart to Heart with Adoptions from the Heart podcast. My name is Amanda Aliberti, social worker at Adoptions from the Heart. We welcome you to our agency podcast, a platform to hear voices from all members of the adoption triad. We will be connecting with other organizations and professionals to collaborate about the services we offer our clients. We look forward to our audience learning more about adoption and the future growth of our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Heart to Heart with Adoptions from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Stocks, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Today, we have a very special guest, Amanda Alberti. Amanda is the birth parent service manager and adoption counselor at Adoptions from the Heart. She's also the host of our AFTH TV. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for having me. We invited Amanda today uh, because we'd like to talk about the importance of choices for pregnant people. As many people are aware, this past June, the Supreme Court made a decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. As a result, some adoption agencies are celebrating as they anticipate an increase in the number of pregnant women seeking adoption services, as they may feel they do not have any other options. AFTH is not one of those adoption agencies among them celebrating. Adoptions from the Heart strongly believes that body autonomy is the right and every expecting parent should have, and they should have the right to make these very personal life-altering decisions without input from the government. So we really want to spend a lot of time today talking about options counseling, what options are for pregnant people, and and how that could vary depending on location as well. So I think to get started, Amanda, I think we should start with the basics. So can you please let our listeners know some of the options pregnant pregnant people have when they're facing a pregnancy and they come to us um, for options counseling? Sure, sure. So I think in general, when a woman or a man is facing an unplanned pregnancy, it's one of the scariest moments in their lives. And our role is not to um, tell a person what to do with that pregnancy, but to really be there and support them through them figuring out what's right for them and their family. So when a woman is initially coming to us, whether it's during her pregnancy or even at the hospital, if she just had a baby and is considering um, adoption, even though we represent an adoption agency, our first responsibility is to provide options counseling. So part of that is talking through all of her options parenting that child, um, if she is in the time frame, um, possibly abortion, if she's considering at all help from family, from the state, and then adoption is her, her other option, which is more of a permanent plan. So we really go through all of those options, what that would look like for the person, how that would affect themselves, if they have other children at home, what what really feels good for them. Yeah. And when you're approaching options counseling, in my experience, I have seen that it depends where you go for the counseling on perhaps how much information you could get on an individual topic. And let me just give our listeners an example. So during my MSW undergrad, I interned at at a uh, facility. And one of the services that they provided was options counseling and abortion services. And it was very clear to me in the very beginning that all of the counselors there, while they were counseling on options counseling, had the information on adoption, um, but they really were a wealth of knowledge when it came to parenting and abortion. Years ago, I even saw that here at home in our agency where our social workers were very well knowledgeable on parenting and adoption, 
but maybe they didn't have all the information they needed to properly counsel on abortion. And so I think that for those who are who are approaching options counseling, it's important that you really are knowledgeable on all the options, right? And those are the three major options, right? We have parenting, we have abortion, we have adoption, but we also, you know, there's there's some other options that come off of that, such as like care by relative, foster care, you know, they're not the most common types of options, but they're options that you can explore too. So knowing about that process and what that looks like in your state is very important. So I want to take a a moment here to just kind of talk to to our listeners who who may be interested in providing options counseling to let them know that when you approach options counseling, you really want to make sure that you that first you understand that it's an unplanned pregnancy, it's an unintended pregnancy. And so you want to make sure that you're creating a safe space where options can be explored without pressure or judgment. I mean, Amanda, isn't that like the most crucial thing? Birth moms and, and birth fathers, you know, they don't want to feel like they're going to be judged. And it's important that the person who is providing the counseling knows their biases so they can be careful with the words they choose. What do you think, Amanda? I think that that's just really the most important starting point. Yeah. I mean, I I think as women, we have a lot of, um, I don't know what the right word is, like expectations of how to behave and what to do. And you, you feel a lot of pressure from the community from society, from your family, from your friends. And sometimes it can be really hard to figure out what is truly right for me and my family and my my unit. And I think that for us at Adoptions from the Heart, when we go in and meet with these women, we really do have to create a safe space where there's no judgment. There's no, you know, you have to do this, or or if you do this, this is what's going to happen. We, we really just try to listen, be supportive, be somebody that doesn't provide bias like you're talking about. Um, so that they can feel like they can properly think through what they want. Um, and it's really hard to yeah. do when you're around people that know you and kind of know your story. So sometimes having that outsider come in and be that person that can listen and talk through how you're feeling can really be helpful in, in the bigger picture of what you're trying to do. Yeah. And and you can't be afraid to approach the conversation. You know, uh, this was a few years ago that I went and got my master's, but I I felt like the, the workers were scared to bring up adoption and vice versa. You know, some other workers are afraid to bring up the, the conversation about abortion. But the truth is, is you're probably the only person in her life who will go through those options with her thoroughly. And you shouldn't assume or make assumptions that that's not something that she, that she or he want to hear or want to discover. And we're not going to, you know, react in any sort of way either. I think when a woman hears us talking through options and and we talk about abortion, I think sometimes they're surprised because they think, wait, you're an adoption counselor, right? Talking about other options, but it is something that's important. And I've worked with many women who have called me they just found out they're pregnant and they're heavily considering considering abortion. And we talk through what is that going to look like? How is that going to feel? How is that going to affect you? And they've ultimately chosen abortion. And I have followed up with them even later on down the road just, just to see how they're doing, how everything went, how is their family. And I think that they're really surprised because they didn't realize that they could get that support regardless of what decision that they made. 
Right. Yeah. And I think that that's really important for options counselors is that you may feel negatively towards her decision. Like personally, you may feel like maybe it's not the best decision, but it's not your decision. It's her decision. And so you need to reserve your judgment. You need to be supportive of her or him or both, no matter what decision they try or they decide to make and provide them resources. At Adoptions from the Heart, we make adoption plans. So if they don't decide to make an adoption plan and they decide to parent or make or make an abortion plan, then they then we need to provide them resources so they can go that route. So overall, the goal here is rather than be sympathetic, you want to be empathetic. You really want them to have all the information so they can make the most informed decision that they possibly can. So Amanda, let's talk a little bit about some of the services that AFTH provide because we're talking a lot about options counseling, which is typically the you know the first couple of sessions when we meet with birth parents and expecting parents. But can you talk a little bit more about some of the services we provide before, during, and after placing a child for adoption? Sure, sure. So I think obviously the before stage is kind of the initial conversations about things. We talk through their options. We we thoroughly figure out what the client truly wants, as we just talked about. Once she chooses adoption, then we kind of start the preparations for what that's going to look like, having her choose a family, prepare for the hospital experience, and kind of what life is going to be looking like in the future. We do provide supportive services in terms of like mentoring and having them connect with other women who have been in the same shoes as them. So we do have a monthly support group that pregnant women who are considering adoption can attend just to kind of get that comfort from other folks who have made adoption plans and they can tell them the good and the bad of what this is going to look like. I have a woman right now who's in the support group and she's been there the last two months and she's going to be having her baby in the next few weeks. And she has consistently been attending these groups to kind of get that support and hear from the other women. Obviously during placement, Um, We provide supportive services at the hospital usually. We coordinate with hospital staff to make sure everything is going to operate appropriately and we're there as the liaison as she's making this adoption plan, signing off on all proper paperwork, making sure baby's discharged appropriately, and getting everything set for the birth um, and birth father if he's participating. And then post-placement, we try to do more like follow-up work, talking through grief and loss, continuing to encourage the client to attend supportive services such as birth parent workshops that cover various topics um, related to the birth parent journey and kind of what happens afterwards. Because oftentimes in adoption, people just think it's about the actual placement. But I think what our agency really tries to do is provide these wraparound services before, during, and after, because the after part is almost more important than the before and during, because that's really when they're able to kind of reflect and and put the work in so that long-term they can feel good and continue to feel confident about their planning. So we're always here to provide support, um, whether it's a week after placement or five years from placement, I've had women call me and say, hey, Amanda, I'm struggling. Can we go grab a cup of coffee and just kind of talk through what I'm feeling and, and what's happening right now in my life? Again, a lot of people assume that as adoption counselors, we kind of just have one, one task in mm-hmm. hand. There's a lot involved. Yeah, I agree. And so oftentimes there's this idea that if a woman has an un- unintended pregnancy, and she doesn't have abortion, then she's going to make an adoption plan. 
That is like this, this idea that's out there in the community. In your experience working at AFTH, have you noticed that trend? I mean, not really. Yeah. (laughs) When you first initially going through that, oh, oh gosh, I'm I'm pregnant and this was not planned. um, You kind of go through the motions of like, what do I do? And if abortion services are a feasible option for you, you kind of have to think through whether or not you want to carry this pregnancy to full term or have an abortion. Once you decide on that piece and abortion is no longer an option for you, then you have to decide what am I going to do once this pregnancy is carried to full term. So just because you decide not to have an abortion doesn't mean you're automatically going to choose adoption. You could choose adoption and then baby's born and then choose to parent. Um, Mm -hmm. Various reasons why that happens as well. And we're not here to judge happens all the time doesn't mean we're disappointed in you as as a woman if you decide last minute that this is not what's right for you. We continue to provide that options counseling. I just met with a woman yesterday who gave birth a month ago and she is making an adoption plan and she has everything ready to go. And when I came to her home, we continued to talk about options Mm -hmm. and her mind changed. Has anything changed in her life that would make her feel like she wants to parent this child? So again, just because you decide not to choose the abortion route doesn't mean you're automatically going to choose adoption. So I think this false stereotype of you either abort or you would make an adoption plan is is not accurate. Yeah. And I think that they're completely two different things. I mean, a lot of times women who may choose abortion, it could be because they don't want to be pregnant, you know, so, so choosing abortion terminates the pregnancy, right? Where if you're making an adoption plan, you are pregnant, you're carrying that baby to full term, um, but you're deciding not to parent. So maybe being pregnant is something that, you know, you're okay with, or, or maybe you, or maybe not, maybe it's just simply that you didn't find out you were pregnant until way late in the pregnancy, which can happen. I think that to loop the two that one happens then the other is just wildly off base and not related. And we certainly don't see that it's related here at Adoptions from the Heart. So talking about, you know, myths, when we think about abortion and adoption, what are some common myths that are important to talk about? I I mean, I I think that's, it's a hard question because I I still think that people look at women who choose abortion or adoption as second best, Mm -hmm. both of them, because as a woman, when you get pregnant, regardless of any circumstances, quote unquote, people think you should take responsibility for that step up and parent that child. And that's not always what is in the best interest of all involved. Mm -hmm. I think there's still this myth or stereotype that both of those options are kind of beneath parenting that child. And and that's not accurate. They're they're all on the same playing field. And and it's really about that person deciding what's right for them. So I do think that that's something we continue to try to break down. Even in the adoption community, people assume that as adoption professionals, that's what we want, right? This is a business. We're an agency. We just want to pull in placements. And that's Mm -hmm. not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we as adoption counselors, social workers really take pride in is that we believe in our clients and the respect and dignity that they deserve. I mean, my foundation has always been giving women the tools to make autonomous decisions for themselves and their families. And that's kind of the forefront of everything that I do. So it's, it's surprising to a lot of folks when they hear how much we are willing to 
provide other options and kind of be there in other supportive ways aside from just abortion, um, excuse me, adoption. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we, we, we move as an agency. And that's something we really cherish about our staff is that yeah. we're very much about women and men making decisions for themselves. Yeah. And it is not our job to find children for homes. It's our job to find homes for children. You know, so it's, it's a, it's a very different perspective. I also just wanted to mention about abortion. I I still think that stereotypically abortion is seen as this like gritty, bad, you know, alleyway kind of, kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And it's really not that. And women and men should not feel shamed into not having abortion be an option for them. Yeah should still be provided the services and the care and the support if they end up deciding that that's the right path for them. And I, I think that the recent ruling of Roe versus Wade um, really took away that because yeah. we're, we're continuing to backpedal and have that option be looked at as something that is beneath what our society looks at as, as the right way to do things. Uh, and, it, and it's really challenging. It's really sad because it's not that. It is not something that should be looked at like that. Your health care is very important and it should be looked at as a medical decision that you choose to make. Yeah. And I think that that's just like how how people perceive birth moms as being, you know, drug addicts or, you know, they have all these perceptions or, or 16, like there's this like a really big, like, oh, they're all really young. And I think it's the same when you're uh, the same kind of um, idea when people think of people who have abortions. And in my experience, when I was providing options counseling, most of the the women are were on some type of form of birth control that failed. A lot of women are there because of health concerns. And then, you know, then this idea that like, women just get abortions after abortions after abortions. It's just not true. It's just not true. And it's a very difficult decision. There's a lot of tears involved in the decision. Um, There's a lot of thought. I mean, at least in the state of Pennsylvania, there's mandated counseling you have to go through. And I know a lot of people think that they just kind of run through that counseling and that's not true either. There's risk talk you've spoken to, um, you know, to them about what the possible risk could be. There's options on different types of abortions, whether it's a pill abortion or surgical abortion. I just feel like when I read what's going on in the media, that there's just a lack of knowledge of what really goes into making the decision to have an abortion or or making the decision to make an adoption plan. There's just a lot more involved than what we see. So Amanda, as we mentioned earlier, choice is the core value at Adoptions from the Heart. So why do you think it's important for pregnant people to choose what's best for them? Because you're the one who has to live with that decision for the rest of your life. And I think that life is hard in general. There's a lot of pressure put on people for various reasons, but I think specifically for a woman who is facing an unplanned pregnancy, it's extremely scary. There's so many people and things attacking you at that very short moment in your life. And you have to make that decision for yourself because the people around you are not necessarily going to be the ones that you have to deal with, you know, five, 10, 20 years down the road when you have to be confident in the decision that you made. It may not always be easy. There may be, like you said, tears for a while associated with whatever choice that you make, but you have to be confident that you're making the right decision for you and your family um, because 
that's what matters the most. Yeah, I agree. And you want to make sure that you thoroughly thought about whatever option it is that, that you, that you chose. So what do we think about the road versus weight decision and how it's going to affect the women that we serve here? So I think generally speaking, in most of the states that we're licensed in, it has not legally affected our community for the most part. I think everyone mm-hmm. um, can still access abortion uh, if, if need be in the legal ramifications. Yeah. But I think the 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 mantra of of abortion the the heavy cloud that is now weighing over our country um as i talked about before i think abortion has now moved down in levels of what it's being seen as so i think that even the women who are in the states that we're licensed in that can access abortions i think the pressure of it being seen as this negative thing because of the overruling of what just happened, I think has put a lot of pressure on our clients of weighing their decision in a different way, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Because prior to that, I mean, our country fought so hard to get that. Yeah, (laughs) One of the most pivotal moments in women's history for, for that to be passed. And it's not just about abortion services. It's about the fact that women have the ability to make decisions for themselves and their own bodies and, and to have other folks make assumptions about women facing unplanned pregnancies and who those people are is just mm-hmm. completely inaccurate. So yeah. I think it pushes us back and it forces our clientele to feel like they don't truly have options if that yeah. makes yeah. And it, and just the uncertainty too, I think is just unnerving. You know, we are in election season and who's to say that all of our states will remain unaffected by this, you know, um, adoptions from the heart is licensed in Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and Virginia. It just creates this extra level of nervousness and stress that is already a very stressful you know, in difficult time, I do think that at least the emotional and mental effect will be, will be great on the type of clients and that we serve. So what can we do then to make sure that we're supporting pregnant people's right to choose? I think we just, as an agency, try our best to continue to be supportive, continue to provide that safe space for all of our clients Um, continue to allow women and men to feel like they can make the decisions that's right for them and their families, Um, continue to provide resources the best way that we can, even if we do get phone calls from women from other states that we're not not licensed in, that are struggling, that cannot access abortions, providing those resources the best way that we can, and just continuing to build strength in the community that we have. Because I do think whether you are pro-choice or pro-abortion, everybody is coming together to allow our clients to feel supported in their processing of everything. Because the birth parent is the beginning of the adoption triad, right? So if you don't provide the foundation at that very moment, it leaks into the rest of the adoption triad. And and, and that can affect long-term an open adoption plan, right? So I think it starts from that birth mom being able to feel like she has the support around her from the social worker, from the hospital staff, from the agency, from everybody, uh, from the adoptive parent that she ends up choosing, right? Everybody has to be supportive of her decision-making and allowing her to properly make 
the right choice for her. Yeah. I mean, I really couldn't have said that better myself. So Amanda, we're so thankful that you joined us today for this important conversation about pregnancy options. I think it's important for us to speak up and share our importance of our clients to make an educated decision when it comes to placing their child for adoption. We value the voice of those we serve. So we would now like to switch gears a bit and invite some of the members of the community to talk about why choice is important to them and their reactions after hearing about the Road versus Wade decision. We're joined by three important members of the adoption community to share their opinions and views on pregnant people's rights to choose. Our first guest is Colleen. Colleen is an adoptee placed through Adoptions from the Heart 21 years ago. She is a student at the University of Widener and an intern on AFTH's marketing team. Welcome, Colleen. Thanks for having me. We are also joined by Whitney. Whitney is a birth mother from Pennsylvania and placed her child for adoption in 2016. Whitney is a member of AFTH Birth Parent Support Group and participates in many of our workshops. Welcome, Whitney. Hi, thanks for having me. And then lastly, we're joined by Christy. Christy is a prospective adoptive parent from our Delaware office at Adoptions from the Heart. She and her husband are looking to adopt and are very much supporters of women's right to choose. Welcome, Christy. Hi, thanks for having me. So ladies, thank you so much for joining us. We also have Amanda Alberti uh, here and her and I have been talking a lot about choices and why adoptions from the heart believe so strongly in choices and what our roles are as adoption counselors uh, when we are counseling women on their options and providing them options counseling. So I wanted to start off, Christy, by asking you as a prospective adoptive parent, people sometimes can be confused on why you are pro-choice. So why is a woman's right to choose so important to you? You know, you're absolutely right. Like the day everyone heard about Roe v. Wade getting overturned, I had literally like two people say, well, on the bright side, maybe you'll get placed faster. And, you know, I think the ethics of that are actually pretty grim. You know, not even taking abortion into account, I think adoption on its own, like in isolation, can be a beautiful thing, you know, but like we can't ignore the context of the world we live in. And I think we've got a lot of inequity politically, socially, and one of the reasons why we chose adoptions from the heart is that it, you know, I feel like they've done a lot of work with like the birth mother fund. Um, They work with parents who choose to parent their child. And it it made it feel like more of a real choice for people. Mm -hmm. But removing access to abortions tips the scale again because affects women who are lower income, women of color. It affects opportunities for education. It affects lifetime earning potential. And even grimmer than that, one of the biggest indicators for a child's economic success is financial assets in the household they grew up in. So by restricting access to abortion, we're actually causing generational poverty. I don't think uh, I could ethically pursue adoption if I'm anti-abortion. Yeah, Yeah. you're so right. And, um, and that's what Amanda and I were discussing about, like even working at an adoption agency, the comments of all you are probably going to get really busy now. Just the automatic assumption that, that if you don't get an abortion, you're going to place your child for an adoption. Amanda and I were just talking about that 
and how it's not related in that way. I guess I'm just not so surprised that that's, you know, some of the reactions that you got. And Colleen, you know, you are an adoptee who grew up in an open adoption. I find that adoptees get comments like this too. Um, You know, sometimes people may say things to adoptees like, you should be lucky you were placed for adoption or other very insensitive comments about the birth parent's decision to choose adoption over abortion. And so Colleen, I want to ask you, why, why is a woman's right to choose important to you? Yeah, as an adoptee, it's definitely hard. I feel like you're almost kind of stuck in the middle. I feel when Roe v. Wade was overturned, I had made a comment on my social, my personal social media, and I got lots of comments saying like, how could you be, you know, pro-choice because you could be dead and stuff like that. Kind of really insensitive. But before I'm an adoptee, I feel like I'm a woman first. And I look at it in that kind of lens. And if I were to have a a child in my stage of life right now, I could not parent. I'm only 21. And even women who are older than me, and they deserve the right to choose. And I, you know, that's how I look at it first before an adoptee lens. Yeah, it's really, really interesting, the conversation again, between abortion versus adoption. Um, and, you know, there's another option out there, parenting, right, which seems to you know, get overlooked in this whole grand scheme of things. But as, as a woman, what was your reactions then when you did hear that the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Road versus Wade? I'd like to just talk a little bit about how maybe that affected each of us and what we think is important to discuss or maybe share with, with people who may need to hear why we believe in all of these choices. Well, the first part of your question about how I reacted when I heard it, uh, I mean, I was just devastated. I joke that we're slipping into the worst timeline, but like, is it a joke? I don't know. And now I just, I just feel really angry. Like Donald Trump is a president who lost the popular vote and yet appointed three Supreme Court justices. You know, Dobbs v. Jackson, which overturned Roe v. Wade, went through with a 5-4 vote. I mean, like, how is that representing the the will of the average American? Like, I just don't think it is. I really don't. It's scary um, to think about what what's going to come. You know, I'll share a little bit about my reaction. I'm currently pregnant right now. And when I found out, you know, my decision is to parent. And when I um, found out that Road versus Wade was overturned, my first reaction was, um, gosh, I hope this isn't a girl, you know, Um, and I hope I'm having a boy because I just am so scared for the future of our children. Are they going to have the same rights that I did or that my parents did? And why are we going down? On this path, it's incredibly scary. And I think with grief, there's, you know, you're, you're scared, but then you're also angry. And I definitely think there's some grief in this. It's really scary to think that, like you said, that there's people in place who are majority men um, making decisions that should only be made between a woman and her doctor. It's incredibly important that we continue to share and educate what the reality is, right? And Amanda and I talked about that too. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why you may have an abortion, right? And so Amanda, I want to ask you if you could share a little bit about your reaction and maybe if you can share a little bit about how your birth parent support group, how the women in that group may be feeling, or is there some activism that you think is important from birth parents right now? So I think I agree with Christy. I think the general reaction to this is everyone is just really sad. Everyone is disappointed. Everyone is feeling at a loss for 
how far women's rights have come. You know, I, I'm an adoption counselor for adoptions from the heart, but that doesn't mean that, you know, my life is only about adoption. What I do on an everyday basis is provide support for women and, may, women and men to make the right decision for themselves when they're facing unplanned pregnancies. And that's kind of the forefront of what we do. And when you take away the ability for someone to have an option that drastically affects the bigger picture of what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, personally for me as a woman, all that I, I, I've been through this again, just made me feel like we're moving backwards. Uh, professionally in the world that I work in, this drastically affects the clients that we we support. Um, whether the states that we're licensed in still allow for abortion or not, it just affects the overall feeling of women facing unplanned pregnancies. And I think when you talk to the clients that we work with, when I speak to the women in the support groups that we hold, I think everyone's just feeling this sense of you're taking away a woman's right to decide what's right for her and her body. And that's the bottom line. And I think a lot of people, when they hear about the supportive services we provide women and men, they quickly realize that while we are an adoption agency, we don't push anything on women and men. So when I'm counseling a client, whether it is a, an expecting mom or an expecting father, we continue to talk about options all the way through. There's never any sort of sense of pressure. We, while we are a business, we're not here to just take babies away from people, right? We're, we're here to really provide supportive services for women and men to decide what's right for them and, and their, their situations. And I think we're trying to move forward from this because again, everyone's sad and disappointed, but I think we do have to try to move forward and figure out what the next steps are. Yeah. And I think that because we are an adoption agency, there's this automatic assumption that maybe we're faith-based or, you know, or that we, we're not pro-choice. And, you know, I think a lot of the birth parents who come to us do come to us because we are pro-choice and they know that they're going to receive counseling about their choices. And so Whitney, as a birth parent with adoptions from the heart, you did choose adoption for your child and worked with our agency. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your experience choosing adoption and why you felt it was important to come to Adoptions from the Heart and have options when you were making that decision? So my experience was an experience that will always remain with me. And it was a time in my life when I was faced with the most difficult decision I had to make. And that was the best decision for myself and my unborn child. And at the time I was in an abusive relationship and I was faced with an unplanned pregnancy. And when I chose to start the process. I was going through so many different emotions at the time. And day to day, I would decide and ask myself basically back and forth if I was making the best decision and ultimately if I was making the best choice. And I think when thinking of all of this, that's exactly what that is, is the word choice. That's what this agency brings is it's choice that I knew from the beginning, even from the first phone call, was their answering to, hi, how can we help you with making your choice, your path, and your journey? And that remained through the pregnancy and actually after birth. I knew that even going forward, actually, within the first 30 days, you still have a choice. So I think it's important to know that there is a choice in adoption 
Yes, Whitney. Um, and I'm so happy to hear that your experience was that because that's really something that we value. Um, and it, we spend a lot of time training our social workers on how to provide proper options counseling. And like Amanda said, it's not a one-time conversation. It's an ongoing conversation that continues throughout the pregnancy and even after birth. Best interest of everyone involved when there's a confident decision and all parties are sure that this is this is what's the best interest of the child. And so I appreciate you being here and sharing your story. And so Christy, you know, you're currently with Adoptions from the Heart, you're a waiting family. We released a statement about Road versus Wade after the overturn. And I'm curious to know what your reaction was. I was in, I'm, I'm kind of glued to my phone because of uh, some work stuff. And I was reading my email in the parking lot of Super G and uh, I got Amanda's email and I like punched the air. I was like, yeah because it just really uh, reaffirmed that we had made the right choice in going with adoptions from the heart. And also, I think when you're feeling like everything's dark, it's important to recognize that you're not alone. And knowing that, you know, there there's other organizations and there's other women and there's other men and allies that think similarly and are out there putting out policy statements and attending protests and all that kind of stuff like it it's a it's a reminder that you're not the only you're not in isolation yeah I immediately shot an email after her and was like good job Amanda (laughs) and so uh Whitney and Colleen as a birth mother and adoptee through adoptions from the heart what do you think about AFTH's stand on the road versus Wade and our statement and work since it's been overturned the statement was great. Uh, I remember thinking that I, I work at Adoption Heart. I was like, oh, like when it came out, I was like, oh, we're probably going to tiptoe around this because we're, we're an adoption agency. Maybe we shouldn't like make a stance. We should just like try to be quiet about it. Also like looking at it as a marketing standpoint, but I was really, really glad that Adoption the Heart was like, no, this is what we believe. And we're here to support pregnant people. It's really important. And I think the adoption community really has to come together and back the people that are getting mistreated right now. And I'm glad that Adoption the Heart wasn't afraid to upset some people. Honestly, I truly would expect nothing less from an agency that I'm honored to be connected to. And that was there for me from the start that always told me that I had a choice. So I'm proud to be connected to an agency that supports the same beliefs I do and glad that they are not afraid to stand out and show that they support women and the choices that they make. And that just because they're an adoption agency, it's not a one-sided situation that they'll promote choices. And the choice lies within the mother and it's the whole aspect, the whole picture that needs to be known. Yeah. And as an agency, not only were we so eager to speak out for our clients, but also for our staff too. We do have a lot of women on staff and, you know, we also have a lot of people uh, in the adoption triad employed here. And it was extremely important for us to, you know, make that statement to support not only our clients, but also our staff and their, and their right to choose. So I guess I just kind of want to end here by asking you all, If you could share for those who are listening, how we think the adoption community can come together to support pregnant people's right to choose. Sure. I can start off. There's something called the three and a half percent rule. Nonviolent protests are twice as likely to succeed as violent protests. And three and a half percent is the threshold at which you get a population to participate in nonviolent protests. hundred percent of the time, they have always affected change. 
And so I recognize that, you know, not everyone is in a position to go out and protest or, you know, like write your senator or whatever. But I think if you have the bandwidth, I think you have a moral obligation too. So that's what we've been doing. Um, I completely agree with Christy. Definitely getting out there, writing the senators, trying to protest. But when it comes to like the adoption community too, I think this having an open conversation, getting your voices out there, especially as an adoptee and a prospective adoptive parent, just really important to make sure that we stand behind stay behind this and really say like no it's not okay uh, I remember when I did make a stance on my social media it definitely rubbed feathers the wrong way especially other adoptees who feel split in this decision and I think the only way we could be like no it's not okay is if we do like make make our statements known so yeah I agree with everyone and I at a very minimal standpoint my hope is that our community as a whole can learn to not judge other folks, not make assumptions about people. I think when I first started here 10 years ago, there was a lot of just stereotypes about birth parents. And one of my goals was to really provide a platform for birth parents to speak their, their story and talk about their experience. And I think we've seen a major transition of folks who kind of the light bulb goes off of like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And if we could have more of that, at least that would be a starting place of people learning to realize that even though you may make a choice about yourself and your body, somebody else may be in a different circumstance and may have to do things a little differently. And if we could just learn to put the pause button on trying to make assumptions about other people and judge other people and try to peer pressure people into making the decisions that we would make in our circumstances, that could at least be a starting place of trying to live a more peaceful life of people being able to feel free to do what's right for them and their families. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. I think that education and awareness is really important. And I think when it comes to adoption in itself, I think the community, how they can help is that just explaining more of adoption is a beautiful thing, but it has its place where appropriate. And that showing more to the community that not placing pressure on women for any decision that they have to make or what they have to go through. But I thought it was interesting that I did some research more into Roe versus Wade. And actually, when Jane Roe had originally come forth with all of this, after going through this, she had her children and without being able to go through the abortion, they were placed for adoption and she was forced into this. And adoption should be the place for when you want to and you want to choose that path. So a woman that was in a situation that wanted to go through something that could no longer then chose adoption. and. Later on, looking into actually the last child that never come to know Jane Roe, Shelly, I had looked into, it was interesting. They had called her the Roe baby. And the one thing that she had said that if there's anything she could represent would be not the sanctity of life, but the difficulty of being born unwanted. And with that being said, she was born due to not having the ability of an abortion. So there was adoption in place, but her mother chose abortion originally. With that being forced, she lived that trauma throughout her life. So adoption is a beautiful thing when and where it works. So truthfully, 
women should have the choice. And I think we need to promote more in the adoption community and help women to get this turned back around that women need the choice because this is our future. These are children that this is our future and our future generation that will be making these decisions that this can be traumatic and ongoing. And I feel that they'll forever be left with wondering if it's not the right decision that was made originally. And I just feel that more education and awareness gets to be put out, needs to be put out there. So this can be turned back around and placed back in the hands of women. So women can say what they want for their babies and their future. Yeah. Whitney, that was that was great. That was beautiful. I, I so appreciate all of you, Whitney, Christy, Colleen, Amanda, for being here today, for helping us debunk a lot of the myths and to put this out so our voices can be heard. And my hope is that, you know, uh, women and men hear this podcast and feel moved, or maybe they learn something that they didn't know before, and that we can um, come together as a greater community and move forward in the right direction. So I I'm so appreciative for all of you being here and sharing your stances and your opinions. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Heart to Heart with Adoptions from the Heart podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jenna Stocks, and I'm so grateful for our guest today, Whitney, Christy, Colleen, Amanda. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and opinions on this topic. It's been a great episode here. We've got to hear from a lot of different voices in the adoption community, and we know this subject can be hard to talk about for some people, but we are also appreciative that you were so open about it. If you have not already, we ask that you head over to our website at www.afth.org for more information on our services for pregnant people, prospective adoptive parents, and professionals looking to learn more about adoption. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Wow.